We begin tonight with Jeopardy and a spoiler alert if you haven't seen this yet. The end of, of a phenomenal winning streak. After 23 straight victories, Matea Roach tonight fell short, just $1 short. $3,601. You finished with $15,599. Danielle Maurer with $15,600. You are a new Jeopardy champion. Matea Roach, it has been a pleasure watching you play the game. You finish your remarkable streak in the top five all time for both longest Jeopardy streaks and most money won. Congratulations to you, and we will see you you in the tournament champions. And there it was. If you're curious, the clue was under the USA category. It read, these two mayors gave their names to a facility built on the site of the old racetrack owned by Coca-Cola magnet Aza Candler. Uh, The correct answer were, who who are William Hartsfield and Maynard Jackson? Roach answered incorrectly. That almost never happens. And she lost by a single dollar, uh, 15600 to 15599 So it brings to close a truly historical performance from the 23-year-old Toronto-based law tutor who hails from Halifax, of course. 23 wins, a total of $561,000, more or less U.S., about 720000 Canadian. She says it's still kind of like a dream. She'd only gone down there hoping to win one game, uh, but became the winningest Canadian. Here's what Roach said tonight uh, after news of her loss became official. Even at the time that I was taping the game that I lost, I wasn't really upset at all because I just kind of felt like, why would I possibly be upset about this? Like I, it's an, you know, obviously I had, I would have preferred to have won, but I was always going to lose eventually. And most people lose their first game. Matteo Roach talking about uh, losing after 23 straight wins tonight. Well, we wanted to talk Jeopardy. There's really no one better to do that with than Andy Saunders. He's in Guelph and he is uh, the host of the Jeopardy fan website, or at least the uh, the man in charge of the Jeopardy fan website. Andy, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Uh, you've been a, a longtime Jeopardy fan. You've interviewed Ken Jennings. You know this game inside out. What was your reaction tonight? Were you surprised? I was a little bit surprised, but also not really. Um, I know that uh, Matea, you know, compared to some of the other long-running champions, you know, a lot of Matea's games have come down to Final Jeopardy, unlike some of the other long-running champions. And so, to me, it felt like it was only a matter of time before the results didn't quite break in her direction. So, you know... It would have been nice, obviously, for her to to keep winning, but it just seemed to me like tonight something just felt a little bit a little bit different. Um, certainly, Danielle um, got the run of the you know the, got got some breaks during the game, right. especially when it came to the daily doubles, as well as the final Jeopardy being from the area of the country that she's from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a Coca-Cola question for a Georgian. That was a, that was someone from Georgia. That was, uh, um, but I mean, Matea was ahead going into Final Jeopardy. It felt like tonight might be the night she could uh, actually have a bit of breathing room here, but I suppose not far enough ahead. Not quite far enough ahead. And that was one thing during her run. Um, she always, you know, a, a number of times during her run, she was like, oh, I didn't, I, I should have bet more. I should have bet more. And again, she was conservative on the daily double. She did get the play where if she'd been a little bit more aggressive, she might've had, she might've been able to have enough breathing room. 
It was interesting, Andy, because I felt like in watching her, you're right. She's, she kind of played by her own rules, right? She was very humble. She kind of just did her own thing. Um, how did you, did you enjoy watching her play? It was, it was sort of an interesting, she had interesting techniques and a really interesting way of being up there. She seems so serene at times. Well, I think her expressiveness on stage was one of her strengths because she felt comfortable on stage and it really helped her stay collected. A lot of players, when they get on Jeopardy, you know, freeze up under the pressure and the lights of the studio. And Matea never did that. And I think that was one of her biggest strengths and certainly helped see her through a number of her previous games, I think, just in terms of, you know, she didn't lose her cool. She battled until the end and she pulled out games that lesser players wouldn't have been able to pull out. Uh, to put her run into perspective, we know that it's the fifth, she's won the fifth most money. It was the fifth longest winning streak. Historically speaking, it was a pretty impressive run. Absolutely. And it was the first time a Canadian actually won more than five games on Jeopardy. So it was, for the past month, it's been absolutely wonderful seeing another Canadian on that set and, uh, you know, representing the country so well. When when you looked at some of the at some of the games that she played, I mean, she did do a lot for Canada up there as well. She talked about Halifax. She talked about this country. Um, as a Canadian who's watched Jeopardy for a long time, it feels like other than Alex Trebek, which was clearly, I mean, we had a Canadian on set every night. Um, but in terms of the contestants, she feels like really the one who carried the flag with the with the most really with the most pride and for the longest time. Oh, absolutely. And I think Alex Trebek, if he were still here, would have been incredibly proud of Matea and what she you know what she was doing for Canada and just hearing her gush about you know places like Cape Breton Highlands out east and you know just hearing her talk about that you know really made me proud of Canada as a long time, you know, and, and in perspective, I guess this was really, um, you know, I mean, not to take anything away, this was really an incredible run by any by any imagination. So in the top five, that's that's r remarkable. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've certainly been lucky the past year to have had so many great players and so many long runs, but that's not taking anything away from Matea. She's she was very impressive in her own right. Where do you think those long runs are coming from? Because it's noticeable that there's been these long runs of of late. You know, some of the some of the longest that we've seen have happened in the last uh, in the last few years. Uh, to be honest, I think a lot of that is COVID related. Uh, a lot of people have found themselves with extra time over the last couple of years, just because you know things like well, they don't people don't have to commute as much anymore. There's a lot more telecommuting. And so people have another extra couple of hours in their day. And a lot of people like Matt and Amy, I'm not quite as much sure about Matea, but a lot of people spend more time, you know, learning things over the pandemic, learning, you know, learning new facts and just, you know, going down a whole bunch of Wikipedia rabbit holes, just learning random trivia facts and, it's paid off for a lot of people on Jeopardy the past the past year or so. One of the things that struck me the most is, you know, I watched Jeopardy with my grandmother in the seven, in, you know, before Alex, you know, actually the Alex Trebek version mostly, but watched that in the eighties with her. Um, I know you've been a long time fan. 
it was really impressive. I mean, Matea is only 23. It was impressive to see tw- uh, to see it Jeopardy and a new generation and a new generation winning. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, Matea's experience as a member of a very high-level high school debate team, I think really helped her, especially with her knowledge of the humanities and a bunch of topics that you wouldn't expect a 23 a 23-year-old to know so much about. And I also I think that probably has a lot to do with her own, you know, I guess her own upbringing, I guess her parents must have introduced her to a lot of older pop culture because yeah. there were a lot of, you know, things that I wouldn't have expected a 23-year-old to know pop culture-wise that she was right on top of. And in terms of just the survival of the popularity of the show, if you're a big Jeopardy fan, it's good to see a new gen, a Gen Z long time, you know, have a Gen Z member of that generation up there amongst the greats. Oh, absolutely. And I think that uh, she, you know, to me, I think that Matea has brought in a lot of Canadians back to the show. I've definitely noticed a lot more Canadians commenting online about the show. And I also think that, you know, there are a lot of, Gen Z fans out there who are watching and can certainly identify with Matea. I'm speaking with Andy Saunders. He's a longtime Jeopardy fan. He's the uh, he's basically the host of the Jeopardy fan website. I'm hoping that I'm getting that right, Andy. But you're the you're curator. You you run it. Um, it's a great site full of lots of interesting interesting information on Jeopardy itself. After this, we'll talk a bit more about the Canadian connection. Why Canadians love the show so much? We always have felt a bit of ownership of Jeopardy because of Alex Trebek, and it feels like that's. Uh, been cemented by Matea's run. We'll get to that after this. You can never mistake that theme. It's probably one of the most identifiable songs on the continent. I'm speaking with Andy Saunders of the Jeopardy fan website. We're talking about uh, Matea Roach's, uh, the end of her phenomenal winning streak after 23 straight victories. She fell $1 short tonight, still the winningest Canadian by a mile, fifth all time in consecutive wins and earnings. Um, Andy, I didn't realize this. I'd forgotten this when this streak started that for a while, Canadians weren't playing. They couldn't get down there. So that, uh, in fact, uh, Matea was one of the first Canadians to appear on Jeopardy in quite a while. Yes, that's correct. Because obviously the border um, was closed for so long because of COVID, it you know made it impossible for Canadians to be on the show for a uh, for a, you know for a good eighteen months or so. I mean, there were people who were billed as originally from Canada, but that's really not quite the same. The the attachment though Canadians have, and I think we all have in some way. I mean, Alex Trebek really was, uh, you know, a, a piece of us for so long. How has the show been since since he passed away? Um, I think that the show is finally starting to find its footing again. Um, there was certainly the the end. The, I would say the last half of last season was very. I found it to be very disjointed, with all the different guest hosts coming in. I really think that uh, Alex's sudden death kind of threw the show a little bit for a loop last season. But I definitely think that it's finding its footing again, and I really think that all of the super champions this season have really helped with that. You interviewed Ken Jennings, if I'm if I'm correct, is that uh, is that right? Um, I have I 
I, I guess you could say interviewed, but I yeah. also did uh, some work with, for him many, many right. years ago. Where he had a Tuesday trivia uh, section of his own website for the longest time, and I spent a couple of years as a volunteer uh, marker for that for him. So <laughs> I do have some experience with Ken, yes. Yeah, he's the winning. I mean, he's the all-time champ, of course, um, and and the host. He was that was him tonight announcing the final Jeopardy. Yes, I really enjoyed his hosting style. I really think he's grown into the role over the past, you know, year or so. He's really he's really gotten good at it. Good at it, I thought. So this isn't the end of the road. Of course, there is the tournament of champions. Um, I guess Matea will be back. So this is not the end of the story just yet. Just the end of the first chapter. Exactly. Matea will be back in November for the Tournament of Champions. One thing that the uh, new production team of the, and the new executive producer, Michael Davies, is doing is that he has already said that the Tournament of Champions going forward, there's going to be one November every year, kind of like a, you know, a set playoff time, right? just like you right. know that you've got the Stanley Cup playoffs in May and June. So, so how does that change from what it used to be like? So basically, um, you know, the past maybe 15 years or so, um, the show basically will, would run a tournament of champions at some point every one to two years. There, You know, it would be uh, kind of, you, you wouldn't really know when it would be. The show would just be like, okay, we're going to have a cutoff and then we're going to tape a tournament and we're going to air it in November and the next one might be in May and then there might be one in February and you right. never you never really knew when when one was going to happen so having watched so much jeopardy over the years and and ranking and your website ranks you know how much money they've won uh, how many wins that you know uh, it's all there how do you think Matteo will do in the tournament of champions playing against other sort of long others who've won a lot I think she'll do okay. Um, there are certainly a lot of very strong players in this field. And so I think Matea will definitely need to do some studying if she wants to contend. But then again, I would say 99% of players study before the Tournament of Champions <laughs> anyway. So that shouldn't be much of a problem. Um, I don't think she'll be the favorite. But I do like your chances of potentially making the finals. Andy Saunders, it's been quite the, it's been great to be able to watch and talk a lot about Jeopardy again and have a Canadian, especially a young Canadian to talk about. Uh, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Ben.